0: Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our Mother's Giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And which DVD did we pick last week to watch this week? Joy. Yes, we did. Did you have to think about that?
1: I was... Usually I write um, just like the letters Uh, of the, the... Name. Name. Yep. So the last one was... DS. Yeah. The one before was ES. Do
0: you remember what that was called? Big pause happening right now. Enough said. Good job. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to
1: picture the cover of the DVD or that. Yeah.
0: And then uh, COF. Yep. Circle of Friends. Correct. Okay, we don't... Good job. We don't need to go any farther. And then the
1: one before that. Yeah. Last one 42. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, 42. Good job. Yeah. So we picked Joy last week. Uh, It was a Jennifer Lawrence film with, uh, I was going to say Neil Patrick Harris. It's not. Bradley. Robin. Oh. Well, Robert. Robert. Robert De Niro and Bradley Cooper. Those are. The three top names, there are our other very notable castmates also in this film, but um, I just found it funny as I had mentioned last week that I was really excited because I have been wanting to watch The Hunger Games, but it just turns out my status, like my craving of watching Jennifer Lawrence, was actually quite satisfied in this. She's a phenomenal actress. And yes. I just was like, "Yep, I'm happy. It didn't have to be Katniss Everdeen. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy." The issue that I'm going to have is there are not 20 films we own of her, so um, there, are, there are some far and few between years that are going to happen that I won't get my Jennifer Lawrence fix in, especially because we've already watched this one and Red
1: Sparrow. So what's left, like Silver lining? Playbook. I think that's the only one I can think of that we own.
0: Hunger Games. There's four of them. So we'll get a whatever, a quadfectra. I don't know what the four is for trifecta. Yeah. Okay. I can't think of anything else that we own of hers, though. We,
1: the, uh, the, Mm -hmm. she plays Mystique in, of course, I know.
0: Oh, is it the, she's blue. Yes. We don't own that one. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I thought we owned one of them. Oh. No, I don't think so. One, We own
1: some of the X-Men. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. She's an X-Men. Okay. Yeah, yeah
1: we do. I yeah. Forgot about so that.
0: that's my, Hold might be where we see her. That was very, very bur- buried in my brain somewhere. But yeah, so we picked Joy. I kind of read the byline. I don't remember if I read it on last week's episode or I read it off the episode but I I believe actually I said to you off the episode that it was uh, had mixed reviews, so I wasn't too sure what to kind of expect coming into this film. I'm also really trying to not read too deeply into these descriptions and just go in blind. I find as though sometimes it's a bit more favorable because I then have expectations that certain things are going to happen because I've already written the story in my head. And then I find out that, the story that I wrote in my head is actually not what's coming to fruition.
1: Yeah, I never read what they're about. I literally just watch it and... That's fair. Watch it. That's I don't fair. Idea. But the best part of this film was... I've seen it before. Well, not the whole movie. I've seen... Actually, probably more than half. She about half?
0: meet Neil until hour and five okay i've seen half. half of it
1: okay so i've seen the second half of this film the second half or the first half the second oh i've seen that till the end oh yeah so i uh a friend was watching the film and i just joined in on them watching the film and they gave me a really cool. i don't even think they told me what was going on they're just like Join in. I was like, sounds good. Uh, So I saw the second half of the film and was pretty uh, able to fill in the blanks of what was going on. Or I didn't I felt like I didn't miss much.
0: No, uh, I would say the first 10 minutes is truly setting up her character, the family's character's dynamics and then kind of launching from there. Or maybe even the first 15 minutes is kind of what I would say. And then just like the real true beginnings of like her starting her product or like coming up with the idea and kind of getting there. I definitely see this film as like three parts is the way I would look at it, it is like you've got her, but like the first part is very long in the, the sense of like, she is working really, really hard to try and get this product off the ground She then has the abomination failure on the shopping channel and then her success. But the abomination failure is very short, but I felt as though the way that that had all played out was very long.
1: Yeah, that was the most interesting or the most exciting part. I thought the the, I was kind of bored with the third section
0: Um, of it. Yeah, I feel as though there was like trying to draw something out from it i mean her going to the manufacturer and finding out like that they, Were they scammed under. her essentially yeah. that part was very interesting but i think like tidying up those loose ends was not as exciting i was like okay but i do also think that they wrapped it up quick enough and then like going into a little bit of the future and like what she did for other women, um, that wanted to do some patenting. Okay. So this film was released December 25th, 2015. So it was a Christmas day, um, release. It was nominated for one Oscar. I don't remember what it was nominated for, but it wasn't Jennifer Lawrence was not nominated for an Oscar for this. And, uh, I don't think it was like writing screenplay, et cetera, et cetera. The budget for the film was $60 million, and it grossed worldwide $101 million. Quite a tight success. I would say it's not, like, overly, like, crazy. I feel like I'm a broken record when I say this, but, like, 2015. What was going on? You, You said 2015. I was like, oh, that's when that movie came out? I'm trying to think of, like, what was happening societally because... I wasn't reaching for going to the movies. I was so invested in
1: trying to finish university.
0: I think I was, t- you, I was. you were. Yeah. Like it was just school. Yeah. That I graduated in 2017, so school was just the priority. Yeah,
1: and I graduated 2016. So it was it was literally like you're midway through, I'm near the end, nearing the end, and it was just school. Yeah. And I worked as well. But nothing crazy
0: yeah and because like the only real film that i remember coming out while in university was the sandra bullock one where she goes to space is that passengers passenger no passengers also jennifer lawrence that's jennifer
1: lawrence no you're thinking of interstellar interstellar correct do we own
0: that i don't know i think we might Mom buys a lot of space movies Dad would love that film. Mom also is a big Sandra Bullock fan. So that's kind of why I'm leaning towards yes. Because The Martian. I have seen The Martian. That also came out while... we.
1: That was like the same Earish. year-ish. Yeah. And that has whatever his name, who is also in Interstellar as well. Um, oh. Matt Damon. Correct, yes. He's in both. Yeah. And mom saw The Martian in movie theater. Okay. And she loved it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And we own that one. Yes, so we I'm do. So I'm hopeful that we own in interstellar yeah and if we do i actually want dad to watch that film okay because i think he would love it and if we don't own it really sad and i can show him how to use netflix or whatever streaming platform it is on so this is a note to me sorry i'm pointing my my
0: finger (laughs) (laughs) i i'm like still thinking like 2015 like what was happening in the movie and like I keep saying like the broken recordness of like people aren't going to the theaters, but I actually really do feel like that because I would have taken my film class around this time. And I do remember her at the very first class being like, do people go to the movie theaters? Like, has anyone been to the theaters within the last month? And I want to say about 10% of our class like put up their hands. And like, that's like where it dropped off. Her census size or like, group is not great because she's asking students who are completely slammed with a whole bunch of stuff but she did follow it up with who has watched a movie on a streaming platform within ah, the first, last okay. month and all Everyone, of us had. Yeah. Okay. so it comes down to like a convenience level and money and, and time exactly because you can do two things at once isn't it always just money and time it's always money and time <laughs> i wish it was just time Okay, so a little tiny bit of backstory for this film. Despite early reports, this movie is not a biography... oh my God. This movie is not a biography of Joy Mangano. When David Russell came onto the project, he added many more supporting characters and interwove Joy's original biography with stories of other women changing their lives telling a story, making it interesting and adding more
1: parts to it.
0: Yes. And I kind of I'm glad I learned this after the fact, not before the fact, because I was actually like, wow, like this woman's really cool. But then I was like also seeing how cuckoo crazy her family was. And then I after seeing this was like, OK, like that eliminates a whole bunch of stuff. Her sister doesn't actually exist in real life. So, okay. like, that Peggy person was completely made up. And who knows what else is made up into the story. But it seems as though the, exactly what you said. David wants to... We want a conflict. We want drama. We want to keep
1: people interested and engaged in watching the film. I don't think anything was, like, too over the top, per se, that it was un... It was not unbelievable, but not believable,
0: yeah, or you couldn't see yourself within Joy's actions or like why yeah. she was choosing motivations the route and yeah, that she was going. so i I was happy to like learn this after the fact. I don't remember if this movie states at the beginning if it's um autobiographical or biographical, whatever the word is, autobiographical is you write it yourself, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not written by her, so it would be biographical. Anyways, I just don't remember if it was at the beginning of the film, but I just want to put that out there. Uh, I didn't watch this on uh, the DVD, but I looked at the back and it said widescreen. The DVD is opened, so it was, uh, I believe, watched by mother. Oh, did you ask her? I did, and then she looked at it and was like, I think I've seen it, but then I was like, I don't know, Mom. And then she was kind of maybe she was telling me about it's been a very long weekend and long week, so I'm not too sure. I went away and I watched this movie over three different time periods. I watched part of it on an airplane, watched part of it in bed, trying not to fall asleep. And as I said to you, it wasn't because it was boring. It was just because of how tired I really was. And then finally I finished it yesterday at lunch because I had to edit tomorrow's episode and that was going to take a large part of my time. And then I knew I, well, obviously I couldn't watch it tonight because we're doing this right now. So I had all of my schedules. You'd watched it all in one go yesterday? I watched it
1: all in one go yesterday while I did my art homework. I sat down, I watched a 40 minute lecture and then followed by this and that took me the full time for me to finish my art which was two hours and like 50 minutes or something so my lecture plus this it was perfect as this film was finishing I was finishing my homework
0: nice okay I didn't take any notes because actually that's not true shout out to the rain we haven't had rain like this in so long I know my uh Veggies are going to get watered, which is exciting. (laughs) Probably won't be able to hear it. No, I didn't take many notes. Actually, I took no notes because I didn't have my notebook with me at the time. I did stop the movie at one point and write notes in my phone because like something that was mentioned, I was very like, it just put me in a very thinking mood And I then went to re-read my notes as I was getting ready for my notes today. And I was like, what the hell was I talking about? Like, there's two different... That's fine. There's two different writing grammatical era. Like, I had added extra words and I was like, who was I? Were you falling asleep while you are doing this? No, I really wasn't. So I have no idea. But I fixed it today. But I... Was a bit confused because uh, it'll launch into my question, I think, a little bit later. I don't know. There was something about it where I was like, oh, and I think I did uh, create a question from it. But anyways, I pretty much rewrote the movie. Uh, I did do this all based off of memory, despite it being actually quite a simple concept of a film. But I think there are some like really big details that happen I also got some names in here, which is also really important. Good, because I have Joy. Yeah. Okay, so Joy is a kid of divorce. That was my very first note. And essentially, she raises her entire family. This is her ex-husband included, named Tony. Her dad, Rudy, ends up moving back in. And he is kind of like a... He's seeking love. And he, he always has to have a woman despite um, her mother also living with Joy. So they don't get along. They're both in the basement. I thought it was going to be like a comedy. No, it's her grandfather. No, it's not. De Niro?
1: De Niro is her dad. I thought that was the grand... No. ...father. No. Oh, the kids call him grandpa. Correct. Thank
0: you. Never mind. You're right. Okay, so he moves back in... He ends up like finding, it's like Tinder, but on dial-a-date with this old photo. Um, I don't remember what what year it was. 70s? 60s? Maybe late 60s. I'm trying to remember vehicles, but I don't really remember any vehicles. I think it's 70s, to be honest. Because that's like, a TV would have been in every single place and everyone would have color tvs by then too qvc was founded in 1986 so it's 80s wow that mop is like holy smokes i thought that would have been sooner okay so he goes on a date with trudy and somewhere down the line trudy ends up taking the mill all out on her dead husband's boat And there's this saying that she doesn't want any red wine on the boat because of the teak wood. Her dead husband would have a mare if uh, anything were to happen. Well, of course, something happens. The red wine and the glasses spill on the boat. By the time we get to this point, we see, like, how emotionally worn out Joy is by basically taking the burden of five other people in her household. So her mom, her dad her ex-husband, her child. I wouldn't say her grandma necessarily takes it out on her. Her, like, grandma is her cheerleader. Yeah. However, her grandma still lives at the house, so she's, like, another body to kind of take care of. Anyways, Joy mops it up and slices her hands with the glass as she's trying to clean up the stained teakwood as Trudy's having this big old cry about it. And she comes home and begins to ideate. She then proposes her idea to Trudy because Trudy comes from money, her dead husband's money. And she wants Trudy to help her raise capital um, for this mop idea that she has. And basically the mop has a continuous loop. You're able to... Uh, throw it in the washing machine, which pro-sustainability, I absolutely adore it. And it self-rings because you don't have to get on the ground and ring it out yourself. Trudy goes through a bunch of questions with her and allows her to get the capital that she wants. But she also has to go through a lawyer to make sure that there are no patents about because if there is any conflicting, the other company is able to go after her and claim her idea. The lawyer that they hired is not a patent lawyer, but it doesn't seem to be too big of an issue now, but obviously will become an issue later on. They then find out that someone has a similar idea in Hong Kong. They just have to pay $50,000 and then the patent will be cleared and they won't like um, compete against each other. So she goes out and tries to sell her products. No one is buying them. And Tony, her ex-husband, ends up getting her a meeting with QVC. She convinces Neil to give her a chance. And it unfortunately flops dramatically live on television and no sales are made. She makes the daring move of going back to the studio and requesting that they give her another shot But she will be the one to sell it because she's the one who ultimately sold the mop idea to Neil. He lets her go ahead with it. She has a big freeze moment and then loosens up and is able to sell the 50,000 units. There's more units that have to be made. The factory that she uses in California keeps coming back and saying, like, price increases, price increases due to, like, the plastic that they keep using. And... Her sister Peggy ends up going out to California because her dad sends her there to clear up the invoices. And this kind of screws up things later on because if you paid for the product, you then technically own it. But because like there was outstanding dues, it's very like businessy, but it it was super. Yeah. Yeah. It just like it was like, uh, like I'll just let it all go. So she gets pissed off because now. Which is very fair. Her markup is only $19.95, which she's probably losing out on quite a bit of cash to begin with because QVC is going to be taking a cut from it. And $2 a unit is quite high, I personally think. So she ends up going to California where the plastic manufacturer is. She finds out that they were working on patenting her idea because her idea actually never was patented and stealing it from her. She goes to Texas to confront the owner of the manufacturer, forcing him to relinquish the patent to her. Um, and then that's kind of like where the story ends and wraps up because she goes on to be a successful business owner who sponsors other investors. There was a lot in this movie, but also it was quite a simple movie. I did take a long time to kind of go through it, but I think that, like there's little key details that were very pleasantly put into this film that I, I think need to be discussed. I think for me, the hardest scene to watch, and they did a really good job of this scene, was the mop. The first time the mop gets sold on QVC and it's going poorly. And he's like, oh, so frustrating to watch. I will be honest. <laughs> I think like I truly fell for her because nothing's worth worse than putting your heart and soul into something and someone treating it as though it's like the worst thing or like having no interest in it because like that was her life savings. Like she had to end up file filing bankruptcy because she had remortgaged her house in order to like put up $200,000 for the 50,000 units. I, I think they just filmed that really, really well. There was like this quietness, the still, when she called Neil, And told him that she was not accepting the fact that like nothing had sold, that the salesperson had done a very poor job, which is really crazy because he wasn't the right person for it. And I don't know why Neil thought that he would be, but I guess track record of selling
1: products just was like, yep, he's the man. He's the one you want behind this one, especially because Neil seemed so supportive of Joy and her product. For it to just have that be its launch, yeah,
0: that's where it was like, okay, it, I'm not really seeing the connection. Person, yeah, it made it feel like
1: Neil's character was trying to set her up for failure, but he wasn't
0: at all exactly, which was a very interesting thing to watch throughout this entire movie is her entire family had a little piece of her and wanted a piece of her. Obviously not her kid. Although the attention, which is normal. But you then see her getting ripped apart time and time and time again for a whole hour. And you then meet Neil an hour into this film. You're like, what, what next is she going to run into? Like this guy is basically going going to say no he's not going to prop her up and i was like hey we're meeting technically like another villain in this story which he's not not and that at all like, yeah it surprised totally, you it totally yeah. did because i actually thought she was going to have to prove him wrong which she ultimately does have to do later on because she has to beg to go back back online. yeah yeah back online back on air Who do you think was the greediest character and took the most away from Joy? Her dad's girlfriend. Trudy. Yeah. What did they take away from Joy?
1: Hope. She kept being like, I'll help you. And then be like, no, 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 no. But this. But that. But this.
0: It was basically a carrot on a stick situation.
1: Yeah. And it was... It felt gross. It did feel really gross. Whereas, like, the sister was just... A jealous, attention seeking sister that just wanted love from and like didn't want to be compared to Joyce. So it was just trying to trump her, which like I get. But Trudy was just this outside woman who was like, Yeah, sure, I'll give you the money. And then
0: with all these strings attached, attached
1: to it, but then not, I and mean, then like further down the line, yeah. still like kind of supporting her, but also not really like it was. It it like it, it didn't feel good inside. Like it was kind of like ugh, like yeah, thank you for helping, but really messy and complicated. The dad was also very frustrating in the the dynamic that he um, not with like Trudy, but this the two between the two sisters.
0: It's as though he only wanted to pick favorites when one of them was was in It was being successful or succeeding. Yeah, or there was um, something was going to favor him. Yeah. What do you think? There was just, like, a lot going on, and I really thought... Like, I agree with you. I think the true villain of the story is Trudy at the end of the day. I couldn't figure out her mother... But I think like what I ended up seeing from it was like the trauma of the divorce and just not being able to. She was just
1: living in her own world
0: that made her feel safe. Yeah. And she just wasn't able to support herself, but. And she didn't get the support she needed to get out of that until she met Tucson, which was absolutely hilarious. That whole like the hair down the drain that but also like the soap opera of her like watching all this
1: like soap opera with the show and then the mom just being yeah it's great
0: it was really really great and there's just there's so much built around this mother character that like I didn't really mention because it's not necessarily it's not important to the story overall but I think it definitely added a layer to the stress of joy yeah what's going on in her life at home Yeah. yeah I really thought Trudy was vindictive and I was very confused because the way she came off was she had a lot of money so $200,000 shouldn't have bankrupted her. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it, it I didn't think she actually
1: had that much money with the way that she.
0: I'm now was thinking so, about
1: like the so like protected of the boat and <gasps> She's like, like she per- was like inflating herself so that hmm. she could be with or date, yeah, just like making her appear ego or just like bigger than,
0: yeah, which also then I'm thinking she was dating Rudy, so therefore, yeah, that's possibly quite quite true that she had that, so
1: like she really wants to get involved with all this drama. I know.
0: She was just like right in there right away. Yeah. Oh, we've adopted uh, (laughs) Trudy already. This is uh, interesting. And then, uh, yeah, I, of course, didn't like um, her father. I thought he was quite, I think he was mean at the end of the day. Like, he didn't. He only thought about self. Himself. But I also feel as though, like, the parents ended up divorcing but then never found their identities for themselves and only saw themselves as, I am divorced. Oh, yeah, okay. And because, like, the way that the mother was, anytime, like, she just had to see him, it was, like, all about their marriage and, like, went back to that and it's like, we are divorced, That's that. that's it. Like, rather than be like, Oh, okay. Like you're having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Like no friendliness, which Joy ends up being divorced as well to Tony, but they have a very, very different relationship. I th- it feels like it's a
1: level of social and emotional awareness, though, that the two parents lacked versus I, I would what agree with that. Joy and uh, Tony. Yeah. Like he was so supportive of of her, which was wonderful to see.
0: Yeah. So my note was when she originally meets Tony, she mentions that her parents are getting divorced. Despite this happening when she was a kid, she's using this as some sort of excuse to stay in town rather than go to college. She seems to really sell herself short because... I think this was really sad to see. At the beginning of the film, Joy has this huge personality, is always creating. And the minute that the divorce happened, it seemed as though she blamed herself for everything that went wrong in her parents' lives. And even, I'm going to say 12 years later, that's probably the college-ish time Mm -hmm. after. 12 years later, she's still telling other people that her parents are getting divorced rather than they are divorced and blaming the fact that because they are getting divorced she is the one who has to remain there to pick up the pieces and i feel like it's hard because how do you this is difficult because
1: i don't think her parents are emotionally immature enough to value joy if she were to Go out and live her own life. So she is remaining to keep the love, or in quotation, that she and connection, I guess, that she has with her parents, because it feels like it would have to be all or nothing. And that's not an easy decision to make. And the sad thing is, Joyce sacrifices self in that decision.
0: Yeah. And you also see through this point before, like this flashback that kind of happens, that she doesn't want to be like her parents, but then ultimately becomes exactly like her parents in a different way. But she ends up divorced herself. It's Learned behavior at a young age. So then why do we to some extent follow our parents' footsteps to, despite us trying hard not to?
1: Because there are primary caregivers and it's learned behavior at a very young age and it is the it's where we get our our love and maybe not validation from, but it's how we how we learn to perceive the world. Um subconsciously and like the way that it is modeled because you don't know anything else and what that anything else looks like. So it is safe and comfortable to to follow those patterns because you the outcome is predictable. Mm-hmm. Or you and and you might not know any better. Um how to navigate different situations because you weren't shown or you weren't given the tools to do so. So your default, your subconscious is, and you might not even be aware of it. You're just doing that. Now there are things that I'm sure your parents do and you go, I will never do that because of this. And likely that happens, but there's so much more that goes on that you don't even realize you're doing. And it was just because that is how it was. And it's not like taught to you like they're not explicitly teaching it to you (laughs) yeah um like there's this uh really fascinating study the the like the plodo doll or something something doll study and it's like in a there's the room with a kid who okay and there's a room and in this room there's a whole bunch of toys and there's a kid playing with these toys and then an adult comes in and like just aggressively like punches this like blow up doll thingy and then the adult leaves the room and the kid then mimics the behavior that the adult did with that doll just like being really aggressive towards it but in the rooms where the the child's or the children that weren't modeled that behavior never interacted with that blow up doll thingy in the same way so and that adult did not like they did not feel like hey this is what you're going to do with this toy they just like came in
0: it's like a learned action
1: yes and like that's what happens and like even it can be modeled down to the way that we talk Mm -hmm. or um the things that we we say when we engage in conversation of how we um phrase things um can be put in yeah anyways i can't remember the case study and i'm pretty sure the psychologist of it is canadian too and like that's where like uh things about like uh like kids watching
0: oh violent media media yeah yeah Yeah. had the opposite effect on us (laughs) yeah um because like i can't play swimming games thanks to tomb raider 2 and the shark
1: Water games freak me out because usually the mechanics in water also are just like stressfully str- bad. Not good. So then if something is coming after you, you're like, well, I like it's different than like running on land and like going into it's it's so yeah. I mean, I can't play scary games whatsoever. I freak out over playing Minecraft, which isn't that scary, but I I it's my character is going to die. I know. <laughs> I'm going to lose all my stuff, my
0: levels, my experience. <laughs> it's stressful. It's very stressful. <laughs> I do remember like, yeah, we we were quite young when we were watching Tomb Raider, which. I don't think it was a bad thing
1: per se. No, I love like I have a journal from when I in, was in grade one.
0: And then I wrote about watching dad play Tomb yeah. Raider. I was going to say like. It's not nearly as brutal or as gruesome as what is available today considering we had very cubic looking graphics. Yeah, the graphics. Um, And it's not really overly realistic. But I do remember Dad making a comment early on that really stuck with me, which is hilarious, that when Laura died, he said, it's just a game. This is not real life. You don't get second chances. Like, basically, educating the fact that, like, she dies, but when you die, you don't get to restart. (laughs) I don't know if that's, maybe he did, and I was like, and I had no idea what he was saying. Um, But that really stuck with me throughout. Like, really, it's all make-believe, and it's all fun and games, but don't take this literally. Yeah, okay. I.
1: I just remember he, we were allowed to freely
0: watch him play Tomb Raider and Half-Life. Oh my gosh. Half-Life is like, was scary back then. And I was watching Chloe and I was like, this is horrible.
1: I love (laughs) Half-Life
0: so, so much.
1: But I think I had more nightmares from that. Than I did from Tomb Raider, and it's specifically the the head, ha- head crabs yeah. that l- latch onto your face. Those, yeah. those really gave me nightmares. I, I don't doubt.
0: That and the mummy.
1: Yeah. Those
0: two. Yeah. The mummy's actually, I believe, leaving Netflix or returning to Netflix this month. No, Netflix. Jurassic Park is leaving Netflix this month. I've
1: seen all of those, so I'm good. Okay. Yeah, so. Would you buy Joy's product?
0: Yes. why? Uh, okay, sustainability aspect aside. I really don't know. actually, I will talk about the sustainable aspect. It's the 80s. Sustainability is not really a big thing. There's sure some movement happening with the Greenpeace movement, but it's not to the state that extent that we are in today. But only to have to buy something once and get to rewash it multiple times and having that use, honestly, is something very invaluable. At the price of $20, I don't know what that looks like in today's. That might be $50, bucks, but if that's still $50, that's cheaper than, well, I wouldn't spend $50 on a vacuum cleaner because I don't know. It's like, I like investing in things that are good quality and have good longevity. Mm -hmm. I have a Dyson. I know it's really expensive. I'm very fortunate enough to have split that cost with someone. If I was living on my own, I would not be able to afford my own Dyson. Which one do you have? Uh, Animal V10. Is it like the cordless charging? Yeah.
1: Yeah. we, We absolutely love it. I'm like considering buying one this week. So that I can clean this place because lugging around this, whatever that.
0: (laughs) You shouldn't. Mom has one. Mom has an animal. Where? In the downstairs closet behind the table. I don't know where the charging thing is, but she bought an animal for the bus. But you could probably find a charging cord off of something and then just use that and then keep sneaking it back. Anyways, back to your question. The other aspect of it, actually, I didn't understand. When she was mopping up the deck, why was she using her hands like that to pick up the glass? That part I really didn't understand. I don't understand. think
1: she, like, thought about the glass being there. She just thought, oh, spill. Uh, Trudy Trudy's freaking out over the, re- re- the, well, the red wine. On the teak deck. On the teak deck. And so she just, like, instinct, I don't think it was... I think it's more out of panic
0: than Okay, gotcha. Fair enough. I'll I'll accept that answer. Um, But yeah, the self-ringing, her whole fact that you don't have to touch dirty mop. Oh my God, like you spray mop water on your leg. And you're like, ooh, that's disgusting. It's so dirty. It is always so <laughs> you're dirty. You're like,
1: how is the floor this dirty? I mean, it makes sense why it is, but
0: <laughs> it's quite impressive how gross the water can turn out. Yeah, and I... We'll say, like, her other selling features is not necessarily, like, crazy. Like, the 300 loops, like, I don't necessarily understand, like, nec- the benefits of that. like To me, it's, like, probably a cost efficiency because you just have to wind it on the loom and then fold it in half rather than having to individually stitch yeah. something. So, like, it could come down to cost savings. And then what else was really interesting? Uh, Plastic. I feel as though plastic was just starting to be very commercialized is what I would say. Mm. Would you buy this
1: mop? Yes, but I don't actually prefer to just take a rag to the ground and scrub with my hands. It's much more satisfying than using a mop, I feel at least. So Uh, I have nothing against the mop, but the feeling of cleaning floors with just like a, a rag... Yeah. Is t- personally is so satisfying. But, like,
0: you wouldn't do that at, like, when I did the bathrooms at camp. Oh, yeah. Like, something <laughs> like, I, I'm thinking of, like, my personal, yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy that much more. Interesting. No, I don't want to get on my hands and knees. Although, like, if something's really on there, like, fine, but. You'll scrub, it, I'll yeah, I'll yeah. scrub, but other than that.
1: I don't know. I had a mop, and I just wasn't satisfied with mm. it. It was really but it is.
0: I mean, it probably comes down to, like, pressure. And, like, you're not getting, like, the tactileness of scrubbing, per se, compared to something that's on a rug because... On a rug. On a rag because you're applying... That, yeah. Direct pressure. Direct yeah Yeah. Rather than indirect. I think the other thing, that actually, that I really wanted to bring up, which was really sad, and I... Because of my job, I think about this a lot more than the average person. But when she was trying to sell her mop to the hardware store, and he declined her, because he didn't believe in her product. And she said, I buy from you all the time. And he was like, we'll get it with a distributor and I'll pick it up that way. That actually like really broke my heart. Because a, that's a poor business decision on his part. He ends up making more money buying direct from her rather than a distributor because if you're buying from a distributor, you're paying a marked up cost. So that the distributor can also make money off yeah, off of her. But I think it was really heartbreaking when she turned around and said, I have been supporting you. How come you're not supporting me? And I was like, Like, why, why are we so mistrusting of people's ideas until they become, quote unquote, successful? Like, the fact that Neil took actually a really, really big risk on her because she also had to take a big risk with him. She had to make 50,000 units. This hardware guy, he probably only had to buy 10 units. Like, let's be honest. But it comes down to money and financial outcomes of like whether or not like how we're measured by success. And this market guy was not willing to take a chance on her because she had no success behind her, even though she believed her product would be successful. Now, is it I hate to like bring this into the equation, but part of me also believes that She's selling into a man's world and historically, still at this point, women are cleaning houses. A man's gonna look at a mop and be like, if it fucking mops, it mops. Like, what's, any- what's the
1: difference? Like, how do I know that this is any more unique or in like uh life-changing than any other mop
0: that's on the market? And the way that she sells everything really speaks to her end consumer and who Yeah, she knows them. She knows who the she is, is one. one. Yeah. And I think that was just really well pulled together and pulled through the entire story that sometimes having a change in voice and really speaking to your clientele and finding out who your target demographic is really important. And she hit a lot of roadblocks and ultimately was really successful. She ends up like actually patenting over a hundred things. I don't know what they talked about at the end, whether or not it's true, but like apparently she did the velvet hangers. Yep. And then something else. But I didn't look into her patents, but I think that's still really, really phenomenal. Okay, we can jump into ratings if you're ready. Sounds good. What is your story rating? Gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Nice. It was
1: good. It had me up until the last
0: third. Well, because you
1: ate... I'd seen it. You had seen it? No, but I was was also just like, oh, there's really not much going on. I don't know. I felt like... I was like, okay, I was just waiting for it to wrap up.
0: Fair enough. Okay, I gave it a 3 out of 5. I really did like the storytelling. I just didn't think it was... worth any higher. That's really hard to say, but I think like... Everything that was put together was really great. But yeah, I just, I gave it a solid three. Music. I gave it a four out of five. It was good. I liked it. I gave it a three out of five and it was really good. There was some good music. I like the um, Venezuelan music that they used at the beginning of Mm -hmm. the film. Really enjoyed it. And then I think they brought it back a little bit later because they do a flashback of something that was happening. Visuals.
1: Give it a 3.5 out of five. You had mentioned that you really enjoyed the way that this was filmed. And then I couldn't stop looking at it from that lens. And I was like, oh, I actually do like this. The way that they set up the beginning with like all the different dynamics of what's going on in her household. Made it very easy to understand. Yeah. For something that was so over, could be taken as like so overwhelming and complicated.
0: I gave it a 4.5 because of that. I truly loved how the camera work was a part of the storytelling for this. And we haven't even really touched on that. But I think that's because, like, I encourage someone to actually watch this or even just watch the first hour yeah. and see, mm-hmm. like, what I'm saying about how... I can't think of... I I wish I knew, like, film techniques. But the technique of, like, when someone's world is kind of crashing around them and, like, it's focused on them and it's, like, quick... Zoom past and like everyone's looking. It didn't take that on per se, like when her business was failing, but there was kind of that character, character, I can't say that right now. Speaking so much of like the stillness and the quietness and it, the camera like slowly moving with her and just having this sad sense of like, you're a failure, you're a failure, you're a failure. And the camera kind of having this mockery mm-hmm. of the ca- uh, of the character. I see it. That That's all I got to say. Your overall score. I'm a 7.3. I'm a 7 out of 10. Nice. IMDb has it as a 6.6 or slightly higher. The reviews are very mixed. People do like it. And then there's some people who just Didn't, rate it yeah. mid, basically. Okay. Nothing super low. Um I think there's people who rate it mid and expect it to be true to her story. Uh, okay, but it's not yeah. correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like, I enjoy it. I'd recommend watching this film. It was my second time watching it and I wasn't really bored watching it again. Um, it's a nice, I was
0: going to say, easy movie to watch. Easy, very well paced. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. Like, the slow moment was at the very end. But by then, but you could tell it was just winding down. It was wrapping up and trying to conclude the story. And again, it was just the final 10 minutes, I would say. It was not really anything more than that. You were just trying to figure out, like, what was her decision ultimately going to be from this point? Do we keep this DVD? No. You're shaking your head no. I think I'm okay saying goodbye to this film. I appreciate watching this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one where I've been like, okay, I'm glad we got to watch it. And I'm happy to – this this is one where I would have been like, I've seen it in the movie theaters. I'm happy to have seen it, but I don't physically need to own it. So I am happy getting rid of it. Okay, so next week we are – doing something a little bit different we do have a guest joining us next week they picked a dvd that we are going to watch and because they love 80s movies they picked something that ended in or was released sorry in 1989 to coincide with our 89th episode so next week we are watching when harry met sally Neither of us have watched this movie before, but I'm quite excited for this film because it is quite a notable film, according to a lot of people that uh, have ranked it on a lot of lists is all I know. It's (laughs) apparently just a must watch 80s film. Yeah, that's that's what I've gathered. Um, Just uh, like Dirty Dancing. It's like if someone was going to pick out some 80s movies, Dirty Dancing is going to be on the list. And When Harry Met Sally apparently is also going to be on that list. So I'm excited. We get a rom-com. It's been a while since we've had one of those. So it's been a really long time since we've had an animated. Not complaining. It's fine. But we'll get there eventually. <laughs> I'm wondering now, do I have a filter turned on that's like eliminating all, all of them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's totally something that could happen <laughs> to me. <laughs> Okay. We are going to end this week's episode. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow us along, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you'd like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye.